Hi, welcome to True Creeps, where the stories are true and the creeps are real. We'll cover stories from grotesque gore to the possibly plausible paranormal, to horrifying history, to tense and terrible true crime, and everything else that goes bump in the night. We're your hosts, Amanda, and I'm Lindsay, and we want you to join us while we creep. We cover mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another short episode. We are continuing to do these shorts while we follow the Vallow case, which you've probably been seeing every night. Yes, a daily case update. It's getting weird. Like there's a lot of information that is heartbreaking at the same time as just, oh my gosh, how did this happen? You know, every night. So it's been a lot. Yeah, I mean, I would say it was already a sad case, right? We're talking about kids, but it's devastating when you're really like mucking around in the details. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty fucking bad. So we're here for shorties. We're here for quick episodes. Last week, we had toilet terrors for you. (laughs) That was something. What a time. Today, we are going to discuss a very scary phone call people are receiving. And we thought it was important to bring it up because I hadn't heard of this until recently. And everyone I mentioned it to is like, I've never heard of it. And hopefully, this can help in case it happens to you and maybe to help you stay a little safer if it does. Yeah. And I hope this isn't something that like takes off more because it's pretty fucking horrific. There's been a warning already out there because it's happening so much more frequently. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go through two examples of the call because they can vary a little bit. And then we're going to talk about how it's even possible to get this type of call and then what you can do so that if it does happen to you, you can stay a little safer. So the first example of this call that we're going to talk about is if a call comes to you from an unknown number. And I know a lot of us don't answer it, but there are specific times when you kind of have to. So like if you have a business phone, you know, Mm -hmm. you're probably going to answer a lot. Or in this example, if your kid or someone you love is out of town, or schools have a lot of different numbers they can call you from. So there's a lot of different reasons you might have to answer an unknown number. But here's what happened. Jennifer Stefano received a call from an unknown number while she was at one of her daughter's dance studios. And this happened in my own state. This is in Scottsdale. She wasn't going to answer at first, but one of her children, and her name was Bree, was on a ski trip. So she's like, uh, I should probably answer just in case something happened. Makes sense. So when Jennifer answered the phone, she heard Bree's voice and she was crying and yelled, Mom. And it was a very distinct cry that Jennifer immediately recognized. And I would also imagine that most parents, there's a very particular way that your child calls to you when they are upset. Yes. And you know that sound. Yes. And she thought something happened during the ski trip. Like, oh, no, she got hurt. Yeah. What if the hospital's calling? Makes sense. Yeah. And like the other day, my mother called me right after I'd went to the vet and found out sad information. And she was like, how are you doing? Because she didn't know what was going on. I was like... Um, and like the way that I said, um, she was like, what's wrong? She knew from the way that I breathed into the phone that something was wrong. Yeah. So I could see how one word, you know, something's up. Yes. Yes. So when Jennifer asked her daughter what happened, the voice said, mom, I messed up. And immediately after she heard a man's voice say, put your head back, lie down. And then the male voice said to Jennifer, listen here, I've got your daughter. This is how it's going to go down. You call the police. You call anybody. I'm going to pop her so full of drugs. I'm going to have my way with her and I'm going to drop her off in Mexico. And while the man was talking, she could hear her daughter's voice 
pleading to her, saying things like, help me, mom, please help me. I can't imagine. No, I also can't imagine. The caller then demanded money. They said a million dollars. And Jennifer was like, I don't have that much. So then he was like, okay, 50,000. And so she tried to keep talking to the caller while some people around her made calls, which is a good thing that she was around other people at this moment and could do that. So one of them made a call to 911. Another made a call to Jennifer's husband. And then she heard back from her husband through one of the people who had talked to him that Bree was with her husband and she was safe. But she was so worked up that she couldn't believe that that was true until she spoke to her daughter on the phone, which I feel like is so true because she's literally hearing this voice. So her reality is that her daughter is in this horrific scenario. I could see if she just needed to see her and not even just her voice at that point, because it's like voices, voices here, like they're both the same, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And like hearing your kid crying and then someone saying that they have the kid, like that gave me chills knowing that people are going through this. Yeah. So Jennifer then hung up the call when she knew her daughter was safe, but she did say it like took a toll on her because right after she broke down crying and from all the people that I've seen that this has happened to, they're saying that they are suffering like PTSD in a way because of that traumatic event, thinking your loved one was in harm's way. Yeah. Well, like, have you ever been mad about something and then you found out that the thing that you were mad about didn't happen the way you thought it was or you were misinformed or perhaps you jumped to a conclusion and you are not actively mad anymore, but your body has not caught up to the way that you're feeling. Yeah. I would imagine it is a similar but worse version of that in that like your body isn't catching up yet to your brain and even your brain, unless that person's in your arms. (laughs) I don't know if I would be able to settle. Right, right. Absolutely. So there are several news articles and warnings about this particular story. This one is one of the ones that went almost viral because I don't know if this was like one of the first instances because I've seen so many, but this particular one went all over the place. And what I saw is that Jennifer actually shared one of the stories on social media, but she also gave a little bit more background on what the kidnappers wanted. And that also, unfortunately, one of her friends has been kidnapped in the past. Oh, no. And Jennifer. so with that being in her head, yeah, she immediately was like, we've done this before. And it didn't have a good ending. Oh, So what she said was, we were not sure if it was related to another kidnapping of a friend that was real, who the kidnappers had just been condemned to life sentences. And in another post, she had mentioned that it was a ransom kidnapping. And in that situation of her friend, only a voice recording was offered to his wife, and they were not successful in getting him back. So, I mean, in that same vein, I think it's very reasonable that in a situation where you hear your loved one's voice and you don't know that this is even a possibility of a scam. Yes. That you would automatically assume this, right? If I heard this today, I would likely be checking to be like, who in my life can check to make sure that this person is where they actually truly are to make sure they're okay? Exactly. While this was happening. But Jennifer didn't know that this was a thing that was happening in the world. No, no. That's why we were like, this needs to be an episode because horrifying. The more more people that know about this, hopefully the scam will stop. Right. Because if they could still scam people, they're going to continue. But if everyone starts questioning it a little bit more, obviously, we're going to talk about what to do later. But at least don't go from zero to 100 right away. Be a little skeptical. I think that often when you hear about modern scams, 
where someone is calling you, the victims are people who have less technological savvy. Yes. And here, that is not the case. No. And I think that this is a situation where truly, like, the people who hear this might be the people who were actual possible victims of scams, right? Like when a man calls me on an unknown number and tells me that he's from Windows and he needs to type <laughs> me to type in a code, I'm yeah. like, sir, good try. But no, get fucked. And I hang up the phone, right? But a person who's not as technologically savvy and aware of such things might be like, oh, I have a virus. Thank you for calling. This is great customer service, right? Yeah, you're right. Like this could affect anyone. And especially for her, when she's had this happen to someone that she knows before, it's like, oh, no, this is happening again. Mm-hmm. And when I looked, because I was like, what happened to her friend? I'm not going to go into too much detail because it's you know a whole different thing. But what I saw was his case involved nine people, including two police officers. And they all received sentences last year in Costa Rica for his kidnapping and his murder. Also, they didn't find his body for a year. Oh. That's heartbreaking. And also, what the fuck? But heartbreaking. Yeah, very sad. So what she ended up saying, too, which I thought was really interesting, is that she wasn't instructed to wire money in this particular case involving her daughter. She was to physically meet with these people who she believes might have even kidnapped her. Also, red flag. That also sounds like a very interesting way to kidnap a person. Yes. Because here the scam is, it's money, but it's also like, we're planning on kidnapping you and you are the actual target of this, not the person who you think it is. Exactly. And like you do anything for your kid, right? Mm -hmm. So what she said is that they told her that they were going to come pick her up along with the money and, quote, bag her head to take her to Brie. Oh, no. Yeah. So she's like, later on, she mentioned that now her greatest fear is that this particular type of call may be used to physically lure and kidnap other people. So you think someone's in danger that you know and love, and you put yourself in danger, even though they're totally fine. Well, and like what immediately comes to mind in this kind of situation is that luckily, right, her child was with her husband, but say that you were a person who was divorced and it was like the other parents weekend with the child, right? And you can't as easily find out right away. So you just go gut instinct. Like you're just like my baby. Yeah. Oh gosh, gosh, just goodness, goodness, goodness. Okay. So this first case was where it was from an unknown contact and they answered the phone. The next story we have is a call coming from a known contact which makes me actively nauseous and gives me chills to think about, right? Because it's like, this person is saved in my phone. So Beth Royce woke up to her phone ringing about 7.20 in the morning, and the call was from her sister, Kayla. And when we say it was from her sister, Kayla, you know how sometimes your phone pops up and it says, like, might be, and then it has, like, the person? Yeah. This didn't do that. It popped up with the contact photo of Kayla that was in her phone. Yes. So it was Kayla's number. When she answered, it was a man on the phone. He was screaming at her and said, you're not going to call anyone else. You're not going to call the police. You're not going to talk to anyone. I have your sister. And Beth described this call as the realest, scariest moment of her life. And in the background of the call, she could hear muffled sobs that she thought was her sister. And so she talked to this person on the phone for about 15 minutes, and she sent him money. So keep in mind, right before we talked about an actual voice that you heard, and in this situation, she heard muffled sobs. And because he said he had her sister, she likely inferred they were her. 
right? Well, and it called from the sister's phone. Yeah, and it called from her number. So in my brain, in a world where I didn't know about this, I don't think I would be listening to be like, does that sound like my sister crying, right? I would just assume it was because it was her contact number. Like they have her phone, clearly, right? right? That's what I would be thinking. So when they talked, he kind of personified himself and became a three-dimensional person, not just the bad guy on the other side of the phone. So he said things like, he just got out of jail and needs to get home, that he wasn't a bad person. And he even starts crying. And he didn't ask for typical things. Like sometimes people, when they're doing scams, will ask for gift cards or for you to like purchase a thing. In addition, he was also talking to someone who she assumed was her sister. And he said things like, everything's going to be fine. I'm going to get money from your sister and I'm going to let you go. Yeah. So he like made himself sound even more believable. Look, I'm just doing this. I need this for this. You know, like I'm not a bad person. I'm just trying to accomplish this one goal and everyone's going to be fine. So it was a little more believable. So luckily, when this happened, Beth's mother was staying with her. Like she was visiting from out of town. Mm -hmm. So while she's talking to him, she woke her up. And I think she either could hear, she didn't really specify how her mom figured it out. I don't know if she put him on speaker for a minute or what, Mm -hmm. but her mom was fully aware of what the situation was. But Beth was really worried that, you know, he said, don't tell anyone. So she didn't want her mom to make a noise and he know like someone else knew. Mm -hmm. So she went onto the porch to finish the call while her mother called police and did everything like that. So they're in two separate parts of her house. Technically, they can't hear each other. Smart. So the mother then called the police. And after speaking with police, she called her sister. And Kayla picked up and was like, I'm fine. But by the time they figured this out and were able to both talk to each other, she had already sent the guy $500. Kind of strange. She said 500, but I've also seen a lot of articles that said it was a thousand. But either way, so sad that she lost out. It is so sad. I think also in that situation, where someone was like, I have your sister, just give me what I want, and then I'll let her go. And then he goes into this like story of, I'm not a bad person. I'm just trying to get back home. Da, 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 and then asks for a ransom that is a three-digit number. I think she probably was just like, yup, and immediately sent it. Oh, yeah. Because it was like, I feel like normally when you hear ransoms, it's $1 million, $50,000, unmarked bills, drop it in the middle of a park, not Venmo me this, right? Or like, wire me this. I'm not saying that everybody has like $500 just sitting around. It's a more attainable number. Yes. $500 is relatively low from what we've seen. Exactly. Yes. Anyways, she obviously did it because she was terrified that her sister could be hurt. So luckily, both sisters are totally fine. But Beth said that obviously it was very scary and still has some flashbacks to the man's voice. She's like, I could still hear him. And she really, really thought her sister's life was in her hands at that moment. So she was like, anything, anything that had to be done, I was going to do it. Her recommendation is hanging up the phone and calling your contact back immediately. I've even seen the trick where you can turn it to airplane mode for a second. So it looks like the call was just dropped. Smart. So that they don't know that you hung up, you know? Mm -hmm. But without knowing this, I would have been the same thing. What do you need? Where do I Mm -hmm. need to go? Like anything. Especially if it's the contact in my phone. Yes. Yes. I wouldn't have thought about it twice because the contact came up. I picked that particular dumb picture of someone, you Mm -hmm. know, like. Yeah. Ugh, it stresses me out. Also, just because we're animal people, and I've seen this in a lot of my rescue groups lately, I've seen a lot of stories of people calling numbers on lost dog posters, saying that they have the dog, but they're going to hurt them or do something horrible 
if they don't send them a reward. Not exactly the same thing. I'm equally outraged, but this feels like a different level of cruel because like, okay, in the first instance, right? Like you are thinking you are doing the thing to get your loved one back, right? And at first you didn't know they were missing, you know, presumably. But for these lost animal contacts, you are missing your baby and waiting for someone to call to give you hope. Yes. You were in this active waiting, terrified moment and you're in this stasis until something happens. So then this just like digs into that pain even more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's monstrous that someone would do that. It's a whole different type of call, but I wanted to bring it up because it's another thing that's happening. So for this particular one, if you're missing an animal and you get a call like this on your missing poster, do not put one type of detail like what color they were wearing or something to identify that only the person who found the animal would know so that you can ask either for a photo of your animal that obviously wouldn't be one on your poster. Mm -hmm. It can help just have like an extra piece of information that only you and whoever is holding your animal would know. Well, it's also good because like, for example, say you have a pet that has had a surgery and has a scar. I love Moo and her flaws. Do I take pictures where her scar is very prominent from like a neck surgery she had? No, she's lovely as she is, but it just happens to not be in the photo most of the time. So like I could even point out, does she have any scars? Yeah. Does she have any places where she's had visible surgery? And even things like that where you wouldn't actually put them on a missing poster anyway, but like it's a detail that maybe you as a parent would know. I also immediately thought that some of my animals, their toe beans are not all one color. So if you know what their toe beans look like, then you could perhaps be like, show me a picture of their paws. Yes. And then if they happen to have like a mixture of the two, you can be like, that is or is not them. Yeah, just something identifiable that you and the person holding your pet would know because that's cruel. Yeah. So as far as the first two stories, though, about the calls coming about a loved one that you don't even know is missing or, you know, held, there are so many more examples of this happening lately. And it's even included like kids receiving calls from their parents being held hostage or, you know, vice versa. It's horrific and disgusting and sad. Yeah, it really is. So let's talk about how this works. Scammers only need a short amount of a recorded voice to be able to replicate it. And it can be done with as little as three seconds of your voice. Amanda, our loved ones are probably very worried right now. We've got a lot yes. more than three seconds of our voice recorded. Yes. The voice replication typically isn't exact, but in an emergency situation, you're likely not going to be checking to make sure it sounds exactly like them. It sounds enough where it it hits that familiar note in your head, right? Yes. Like you might not notice that they sound like a little more disjointed. The editing software that Amanda and I use, it has a feature where we can like record ourselves for, we have to do it for about 10 minutes, record ourselves saying the script about penguins and it can generate our voice. And it's helpful for if we say a number wrong, sometimes we'll use it. We aren't having like, this isn't a fully dubbed <laughs> podcast. That would be hilarious if this was just like AI doing it based on us now. Ooh, there's an idea. The idea of an AI, an AI <laughs> Lindsay. Oh god. The one that's the wrong like the AI versions of us. Oh my god, that actually would be a good <laughs> a good thing to see. But this fancy thing where we have like 10 minutes of audio that we recorded, it sounds like a robot. And it's good software. Lots of people use it. It is not cheap. And even this one is like meh. Right? Yeah. Like it's okay when given a sentence. That's a thing to note. But so if the sample is good, for example, if they have like a good 
speech sample to take it from, you might not even be able to tell the difference in inflections because it could almost sound the same as the speech. Because, for example, how much source data do our scammer kidnappers have, Amanda? A lot. So they could probably replicate our voices or any other podcasters very easily. Well, they have all of our emotions, right? Mm -hmm. Like We've been sad doing a couple episodes. We've been stoked about something we've been excited there's so many different levels of variation that you need to be able to become a person you know we've put it all out there yeah well and even like there's episodes where we've been crying because we've been telling like really horrific details so yeah you're right the whole range is there i think the only thing that you haven't heard in us is genuine terror and i think that would be the hardest one to do but muffled but muffled it could sound like my voice it could sound like my inflection it could sound like whatever yes but so the quality of this mimic, that's what I'm going to call it, can also depend on the sample audio. So if it's your normal way of speaking, it's not going to be able to replicate your upset voice very well. But if it has this emotional range like Amanda and I are talking about, then it's likely to be a lot more convincing. And often scammers will look at public profiles that have a lot of information so that this way they can see who your family members are and who they can call. It also shows that for some people who share things about their day all day, every day, I love that for them. That's just the way they are. That's great for them. However, this might show a person what your routine is. And it also may show you whether your loved one is currently with you. Mm -hmm. So they can kind of plan out when is the best time to call. And then on top of that, especially if you're posting pictures of a trip, then they know that your family knows that you're not there. So there's not an easier way to go, but like, just go to your house, right? They can just go to your house and see if you're there. Or an odd number calling might not be so strange. Exactly. And so there are many programs that allow someone to fake a voice, and way too many of them are free. Yep. If you do a Google search... There's just so many that come up. And a lot of people are playing with this like AI technology lately. That's every headline I'm seeing lately is that and how you can chat with them. But now it's not only chatting, it's can you have a conversation? So another piece of this is called spoofing. Spoofing is when someone deliberately changes the information that's coming up on your caller ID, disguising their real identity. It doesn't necessarily always mean that they take a contact's information to call you, though. That's kind of new. Sometimes they just make it look like it's a local number or even like a familiar company that'll entice you to pick up. I've also seen where people get called by their own number. Yes, yes. That freaks me out. Yeah, or like one digit off. Yes. When also like my and my father's are one digit off, but I've had this happen. And I happened to not have the number saved in my phone as somebody who I knew, but it was somebody who I knew's number and I recognized it. When I answered it, it was like very scammy, very clear scam, but interesting. Yeah. One of the more common ones is your phone ringing and it says like government or like police. (laughs) I've seen that. Yeah. And you're like, okay, hey, government, like, what do you need? (laughs) Another one that happens a lot during tax time, right? Like everyone just submitted their taxes is the government calling saying like you owe more money or you did your taxes incorrectly and it's a government number. So you're like, what? And it scams a lot of our parents and our grandparents because they're like, oh, no. So there is a person who I know, and I'm not going to say who it is, who had this happen. And it was several years ago. And they had been in the process of like, they just filed their taxes and they were like concerned that they had done something wrong and they hadn't, but they were like just worried and it was kind of like in their head. And so 
when this call happened, it happened to happen on a day that was already really stressful. And so they went through the call. They told them that they were going to send someone there to arrest them because of the tax issues if they didn't do the certain things. And they ended up panicking and hanging up. And so I called the number back. They answered. If you called the number back, it was like if you were calling to make a payment because we called you. It sounded relatively legitimate. Okay. Yeah. Not super legit, but legit enough where it doesn't immediately mean like, what the fuck? Right. Like it was like, if you are returning our call and are calling to make a payment on your account, please press whatever. Right. So I did that. And I'm talking to a person now in the background of what they're saying. There is a conversation like noise loop. So it sounds like people are like just chattering in the background, but it's on a loop and it repeats about every like 40 (laughs) seconds. And so like I noticed that and I'm like, hi. And this was when I was not an attorney, by the way. I was just in law school, but this was not a real person. So I didn't feel we were doing this. So I was like, hi there. My name is Lindsay Shanklin because it was Lindsay Shanklin at the time. I am calling on behalf of into a person's name. I am their attorney. I wanted to just hear more about the issues that were going on with their tax return from this year. And they were like, you're an attorney? And I said, yes. And they said, attorneys cannot call the IRS. And then hung up on me. (laughs) (laughs) I want that to be a new shirt. (laughs) Attorneys cannot call the IRS. (laughs) And like... It was just so good. And then afterwards, I like talked to the person. and I was like, hey, here are some red flags. Generally, average people who make average people mistakes on their taxes, they're not like prison. No. Right? Go straight to jail. <laughs> the Parks and Rec episode. Yeah. I was like, it has to be like a little bit like, it has to be like a really big offense for tax evasion to be like that big of a deal. It's not going to be like you checked the wrong box or you were like, a couple hundred dollars off yeah that i'm aware of not that the tax evasion is tax evasion and like don't file your taxes wrong but like you're not going to be the big fish they catch right no no but i was just like just so you know they're generally not gonna be like if you don't pay me right now i'm gonna send the police to your house if you owe the government money they want you to pay the money right we've gotten the um i think we were in the car once and we got the Windows one. Mm-hmm. And my husband is like obsessed with computers. So he's like, this is the call I've been waiting for. <gasps> oh, God, I love this. And he was like, where do you want me to click? And like, we're driving. Like, we're clearly not near a computer. Uh-huh. But he remembers all the screens. So he's like, yeah, click. Where- Hold on. There's an update. Let me do the update real quick. And the guy's like, no, 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 no. He's like, it'll just take a minute. And he's like, oh, I think it's restarting. Oh, I love this. Playing like, he's like an old man. <laughs> And he's like, if I can just waste enough of his time, he can't go call like someone's grandma. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy, it it was like we were driving for a while. So I think maybe like 20, 30 minutes. And Mike's like, click start. Okay, I see start. I see start. And then he'd be like, now go to because he's trying to take over the computer that is non-existent. Yeah. So you're going to have to let me remote view your computer. Uh huh. And so Mike's like, I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. And then he'd be like, oh, I clicked restart again. I'm sorry. And over and over again and then the guy finally just said go fuck yourself and hung up because he figured it out if you've ever been a person who is helping a relative who is not computer savvy then there is a very particular rage that is a compassionate rage that courses through you yes because the other person is typically not happy about the situation either and so i would imagine that scammer was like ah 
there. Yes. Like, it was hilarious. By the end of it. Oh, that sounds like so good. And also, Mike is so deadpan that I can absolutely just see the true joy. Like, I can see the joy <laughs> on his face that he would like be feeling in that moment of like, yes, this is my time. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love those. And then I don't know if you get the they want to buy your house or all the time. They see that you've listed it and you're like, I didn't. And at first I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh, they're stupid. And so I just go all in. I'm like, absolutely. Please take this house. There's at least six ghosts. One maybe poltergeist. Like we're working through it. But like if you can somehow do the ritual that will tie it all to you instead of me, like please. And normally by that time they they don't want it anymore and they stop calling. Also, speaking of scammers, Amanda's favorite pastime is (laughs) the scammers on Instagram. If you send us a scam message on Instagram, you can expect comedic gold back from Amanda because she's not having it. She's not going to help you find your password. And what she is going to do is ask you to help us find our password. One time they sent an image and they were like, if you can tell us what's in this image, we'll give you a thousand dollars. And I I responded, carrot, because <laughs> it was also like very clear, like five, four, two, a number that was like, you can see it. Yeah. Everyone can see it. This is not a game. And so we responded in just bizarre things. And it's just truly what a treasure, what a delight. And also, if you do this, tag us in your screenshots that you post because we want to see them. Yeah, joyful, funny scams that don't hopefully work. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I made a graphic back to them with a carrot at one point. (gasps) You're right, you did. You you were like, can you see what's in this image? And it was the same style. And there was a carrot. You're right, there was. Oh, We'll have to, we'll put that out this week so you can see it because it's gorgeous. recorded it and then I tried to post it and it got taken down as a scam. You did. You did. <laughs> Maybe we can like put it like behind something. Yeah, this is not a scam. This is We're not a yeah, scammer. That makes it like super legit is when you put this is not a scam. <laughs> Normally we put some of our tangents on the end, but I think we should keep these in. These feel important to know. <laughs> so let's rein this back in to this particular scam, right? The phone calls. So how can you yourself stay safe? Because unfortunately, like you're going to get calls sometimes. It could happen. Mm-hmm. I said that it could happen. I don't know anybody who doesn't receive scam calls. Do you know anybody who's not getting these calls? Not scam calls in general, but like not this particular scam because this is like next level scam, I would say. Yeah. But 40,000 victims lost about 55 million in extortion scams just last year. Wow. So even if this happens to you and they don't scam you out of money, you still want to report this call. Hmm. And the reason is because a lot of the calls, especially when they don't get the money, aren't reported for this particular scam. But if you do report them, the more information that's reported, the more likely that they can start spotting the trends and catch the scammers. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I would have never thought, especially all the other scams that have happened. I'm like, yeah. But this one is, again, it can happen to anyone. And so because it's so personalized, they're more likely to get money. But now that we're warning you and they won't get money, you still want to tell them about it. So the Federal Trade Commission has a place on their website to report phone scams. And it's reportfraud.ftc.gov. And again, if they have a good sample size of this, they might actually be able to crack down a little bit and get the people that have been doing this. So a few red flags to look for. Unfamiliar area code international number, the caller not allowing you to get off the phone and speak to someone else. 
And that means like if they're demanding things quickly and they don't allow you to think or take a moment and what they're trying to do is isolate you because you're easier to scam alone than if you have a group behind you. Mm -hmm. If you're unsure, ask to speak with the person you believe is in danger. If they allow you to speak with them, ask them a very specific question that only they should know. So think about this, though, because it can't be something that's on their social media account. If it's something very easy, they may already know the answer to that, and they could use that technology to answer back in their voice with the right answer. So make sure, you know, really think about it. If they don't allow you to speak with your person, ask the caller to describe them. Kind of like your story about Moo. Mm-hmm. Where's their scar? Yeah. Where is that? Or just some sort of detail. And also, if you're trying to like buy time so that the people around you can make calls, I would also just feign like you are having a hard time getting to your bank account. Because how many times do you lock yourself out of an account in a good day, let alone when you're stressed? (laughs) That's true. That's true. All right. So another option is if they don't allow you to speak with the person, ask them some sort of challenge question. So have the person on the line, so the kidnapper, ask your loved one a question that only they would know. So not necessarily like a physical question or about their appearance, but like, what is your dog's nickname that you call him? Mm -hmm. You know, just something interesting that you're not putting everywhere. What was the last date that you shat yourself that you told me about? (laughs) What are you not putting on social media? Something really like, are they telling you that? Do you know that about someone? Oh, yes. I know that about several people. Oh, my gosh. What? (laughs) It's called friendship, Amanda. (laughs) Wow. That's that's a different level of friendship. Um, yeah, ask them that, I guess. Um, Amanda doesn't know how to get back to what we were talking well, about like, now. Well, I in my outline. <laughs> so sorry. So if you get this type of call, try to get a hold of the person that you believe is in danger in another way. So either mute yourself and text them, or if you have another phone available or someone in the home with you, use their phone to call them so you can verify that they're actually safe. So some other ways that you can avoid this, which some you might like this, you might not. Keep your profiles private and only add people who you know and watch when you see duplicate fake accounts. We even had an imposter last year, which was we felt like it was a brand new level of fame for us. And by a new level, I mean an introductory level to fame that somebody thought that they could do something by being true creeps. It made me feel uncomfortable. They even had a lot of our images with the captions. And I'm like, you took the time to type all of these out? I'm bad on posting social media like regularly. If somebody's like, you have to duplicate 20 different posts, I'd be like, ugh, just forget it. That seemed horrific to me. They were keeping up for a few days. Yeah, they were keeping up with us. It made me kind of want to post more just to get on their nerves. But I was like, I'm not that committed to annoying the scammer. And I also didn't think of it at the time. I'm thinking of it now. I didn't have my carrot picture to send them. We should have. We should have put a carrot picture up. But I also say like a lot of people don't keep their profiles private for a lot of reasons. For example, True Creeps is not private, right? I also have like other accounts for other things that I do where I post like personal pictures because you're more likely to like a business where you can actually see the person who owns it, right? So I think there's a lot of people who have like a vested reason to not do that. Yeah. And I think that if you're going to keep your profile public and even if it is private, try not to post photos with personal information. So if you have a child in your life, don't post school uniforms because they're really identifiable. Or photos that are in the front of your home or apartment complex because it's very easy to see your address then. Or photos of your car. I also do want to note the fact that you can Google almost anybody and find their address, though. So 
do with that what you will. Interestingly, and going back to that story from Scottsdale about Jennifer's daughter, Brie, Brie did not have any public social media accounts that had her voice. She only had public interviews for sports in school that they could have gotten a sample from. That's scary. Isn't that wild? So that really makes me wonder if this wasn't somebody who was targeting Jennifer specifically. Because what are the odds that you would pick this particular person as your victim if it wasn't easy? You know? Bizarre. Yeah. And one thing that I was thinking about, too, is if you have a profile, right? I was just trying to figure out how these people work. If you have a profile, and especially because we have interesting last names, right? Like if you Mm -hmm. have an interesting last name, it's pretty easy to go through people's friends and be like, oh, same last name. They're related somehow, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you get the TikToks a lot of like people will challenge other people to find their identity. Do you get that? Oh, yes, I have seen that. There was one that I saw where she was like, she figured it out within like a couple hours and it was pretty good. The way in which she like deduced it was very interesting. But also we exist on the Internet. Have you not been a creep before? The information that I can find out when I'm curious about a person. Yes. But thinking about it from a scammer point of view, going through someone's profile and being like, I know I can call someone related to them. It looks like they're a little older. Maybe it's their parent or their aunt or you know, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And that's an easy way, right? So just be cognizant of what you're putting on. Be cognizant of if your friends list is showing and then people having their contact information. And again, businesses can't hide that. So that sucks for independent businesses because it's really easy to find someone's number. And if you can find that number, you're like, who's related to them? That I can find a quick video with their audio of their voice. Yeah. So easy. I went down a whole spiral of like, oh my gosh, this literally could happen to almost anyone in the world right now. Well, and that's the other thing is that I do feel like there's steps you can take to protect yourself, but I also don't think that there are any that are feasible because even if everything is private, you don't have videos of you talking, this really cool interview that Brie got to do for sports, that would never even go on my radar of things to be concerned about. And then on top of that, You can't control everything that other people post about you. And even things that aren't on social media give people critical details about your family, like obituaries. Yes. They could search your name and your name could pop up in an obituary and then they would know who your other family members are. So like there's so many ways in which you can find stuff like that. Even genealogy websites. You can see a certain amount of other people's profiles if they allow you to. So I feel like it's almost impossible to prevent you being the identity that is kidnapped, but it is more possible to not allow yourself to be scammed in these situations. So I feel like that's the place where we have actual power is to go like, okay, we're going to take a beat in a second and here's how we're going to approach this. Yeah, not panic and do anything that's told to you, but really think about the situation and take a step back because this is happening to so many people that you could be like, well, let me see if they're actually safe instead of what I would have done a month ago before I knew this was a thing where I would have been like, take anything you need. Yeah. Now you have those tools to identify if this is real. Yeah. And I will say too, there's a lot of information you can find out publicly. But one of the things that you can't find out as easily is someone's phone number. So make sure that's not on your accounts where people can actually see it. Oh, yeah. Don't make it easy, at least. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Where it's there. Another thing that I love the idea of and we did this week is make a family safe word. So every household should have some sort of safe word that isn't a word that's going to come up accidentally, that if someone was on the phone, that could be one of the things to ask. Go tell them to say the password. And if they don't know the password or you don't hear them yell that out, 
But obviously, make it something that they can remember, especially if you have little kids. Yes. Oh, absolutely. All I can think about is like what people could ask as like a challenge question for me. What do you only know? What is a physical feature that is not in their profile photo? My brain is just a flutter. Are yours is yours a flutter? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, I went through it. I was like, oh, what do we do? So like we established the family word. We established one that Oliver could tell to someone else, too, that would like I'd be able to identify it. Mm-hmm. Just it stressed me out. It's so scary, especially like I feel like an adult calling me in trouble is very different than if your child calls you. You're going to panic either way. Absolutely. But like a child they don't have any tools, you know, like really to stay safe, especially littles. Yeah. So you're like, what can we do? But yeah, make a family safe word, have something, even an inside joke with your friends, right? Like something Mm -hmm. that will identify you, that it is your real voice. This week, I watched a few news broadcasts of them picking up some of the software and talking just like you and I are, and then playing writing a sentence back. And they're like, could you tell that wasn't me talking? Obviously, my mouth wasn't moving, but that wasn't me talking a second ago. And it's crazy. I don't like it. So now I'm glad everyone has the tools to hopefully stay safe away from this terrifying scam. So Lindsay and I talked about a few other scams slightly, but have you received any of these calls? Either one of these scary ones or a silly one you want to tell us about? Do you feel prepared now if you get one of these? I hope you do. And if you are loving the show, please take a moment to review us on Apple Podcasts. We would love you so much. And we'd love to thank you with a sticker. Just reach out to us and send us a screenshot. As always, it's been a minute since we've said it, but a special thank you to our patrons that support us each month. If you'd like to take a look at our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash creeps, And we have tiers starting as low as $1. And it's a fun time. There's lots of perks. We're not going to get into them right now because it's a shorty. Yeah, yeah. But we do talk to our patrons a lot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There are times that I'm on there more frequently than I am with like other people in my life. Same. Same. Yeah. And then if you are following along with the Valo trial, add us on social media. It'll be in our outro. We are doing daily updates. Let us know what you're thinking of all of that, too, because I've been wanting to talk to more people about it. Yeah, yeah. We also have a free Facebook group if you want to join. It's a Bat Bonfire. Yeah. And you can search True Creeps and that bonfire will pop up for you. Well, I hope everyone stays safe away from the scam and have a good weekend. Thanks for creeping with us. Thanks for listening. And as always, a special thank you to our patrons who support us via Patreon. Please see the link in our show notes to learn more about how you, yes, you, can begin to haunt the dump, guard vortexes, or even become a scorching Sasquatch. Also in our show notes, you can find the link to our website, more information on our sources, our social media handles, and our merch store. We'd love for you to keep creeping with us. So if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the show with your fellow creeps and or ghosts. I beg of you. (laughs) Attorneys cannot call the IRS and then hung up on me. Now, I do just want to say, AI overlords, we think you're groovy. <laughs> Have a great day. Sorry, please continue. Just got to get that just in there. Be safe. Be safe. Yeah, yeah. being very safe <laughs> to our future AI overlords. <laughs>